So that's three, three. And he would do the same thing. When he said hi, hello to me, right away he would proceed. What is, my, is this guy's perception towards me? And how he perceives me? So in every person that you meet, you always have to go beyond the natural view. Do you, do you follow? Yes. We're all human beings. We all want to be liked, right? Yeah. Right? That's so that's why we present a persona that sometimes it's not really us or the assumption that it is us and the real us. So you have to wear three masks. Remember we said, fake it till you make it? Have you heard about this? Yeah. When you actually, um, about perception, assumption, right? So always think about that. That's why a lot of people always tell me, why are you good with people? It's about reading the people. You cannot assume always. You cannot presume always. And you cannot think always that you're the only one thinking about that you know within the contract. That's what the problem is with agents. It's always about assumption. Because we assume too much. You, gotta, you can assume, but you can also not assume that you assume, right? And there's a real deal that needs to be done that's just black and white. But you know contract is always not black and white. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. So let's do contract 101. Uh, uh, do we have a copy of the contract? So I want to go one by one with you guys. Uh, line by line. Because I want you guys to really understand. Uh, let's do the buyer's representation. The buyer's representation agreement is very easy. Right? So this just tells you about representation. About how... You're representing your client. So you guys are all familiar with this, right? You know how to fill it up, how to fill it out. What does it mean when you say intermediary? What does it mean? Oh, shit. What does it mean when you say intermediary? Do, doing a transaction. You're right, half right. Doing a transaction within the same company? Yeah. You have to represent, uh, you have to get another agent to represent the other part. But it's from the same brokerage. Correct. That was what I was looking for. Intermediary does not only mean that you're representing both sides. Mm. Intermediary means both agents representing the same brokerage. Do you see the difference? So every time we do a contract in my office in Sugarland, when we have the listing, and then somebody calls in and inquire about the property, right? And, and then the agent, of course, got the call. And then the agent said, hey, is it, sir, is it okay if I represent both sides? I said, how much is the deal? And said, 350,000. I said, no. You've gotta give it to the other agent. 
I have a rule, uh, and I think, I hope uh, Stephen is uh, hearing this. <laughs> There's that awkward smile. We have a brokerage rule. Stephen, and I hope you can implement this. If the deal is less than 100000 it's okay for one agent to represent. But if it's more than 100000 I prefer, and we prefer, the agency prefer to have somebody else represent the other client. The reason is, is the complication sometimes. Because when you make mistakes, you are not gonna be able to represent the best way possible. In one client, you're representing both sides. Because you have a fiduciary responsibility to your client. Is that correct? Yes. So make sure you ask Stephen or myself or Wendy, when you have a listing and you got a deal or lead for a client, right? They can either represent them as a broker if you don't wanna give it to other agent. But normally what I actually always do is I will tell our agents, hey, just give it to somebody else. Because that's why we're not competing with each other, remember. We're a one family. One family. So that's why I always start to work or work with like buddies. You know, in our office we have team A, team B, team C, team D, right? But right now we only have team three, three teams. So my advice, Stephen, if it's possible to create that here, because you have so many. Team, team one, team two, team three. So if this intermediate happens, it's within that team. And normally what I normally do as well is that if, I, if at the end of the year, because I give awards, I give awards and then cash to my agents. So I might give them $1,500 if they're the top two and three. I gave them cash, right? So, and then I give them the, the, the top awards, you know? So it's by volume, and then sales. When I say volume, meaning the dollar amount, because if you have the big dollar amount, and then the volume, and then but the difference sometimes is the quantity. Because you can have, you can be at the top awards doing only three. Why? Because you're doing a lot of commercial. It's like million dollars. So, and then you're doing ten houses. That's ten transactions. But you're doing hundred thousand each. Right. So, so that's why we have those type of awards. We want to make sure. So maybe what we can do, we can execute and implement. We'll do our, you know, we'll do by team. Because it's a lot easier when you do a team because they support each other. It's a lot easier that way. Yeah. And they will love each other. Right. So, so that's one for the uh, for the residential and representation agreement. Those are the really the main thing. And then also in the representation agreement. I always try to make sure that you have a 90-day window. Uh, remember on this part of the 90-day, um, uh, what section is that? Who can tell me which section is that you can put the 90-day um, protection period? You, wh how many days do you put in the protection period? I usually put 30. 30, 30 to 31, but yeah. so I've never put 90. Put 90 days. Yeah, put 90 days. Put 90 days, just three months. Yeah. 
put 90 days, because that's pretty much the, what I put in everybody. 90 days protection, that's three months. Okay, because you have to understand, just uh, getting contract, uh, closing normally it takes 60 days already, right? So you have 30 more days to make sure that you're protected. Okay, just put 90 days on that one. So really the representation agreement is very crucial. But let me ask you this, when do you get this signed? Day of. Yeah, just in case, like, let's just say um, they bring the target to another agent and they, they go with them, they put an offer, even though you showed them the house. So, guys, in order to build trust, you earn trust, right? People, just in reality, really, they don't want to sign your contract right away, of course, they're beating. You gotta earn trust. You know most of my uh, representation agreements, I get it signed and I make the offer already. It, because you really build the trust. Because really if they're gonna come and sign your representation, they will do it. Especially when you're making an offer. But the one, uh, even the I, but the main thing that you really wanna make sure that it gets signed is the IBS. And I know that people still disagree about the area, services? but being a broker, I'm going to tell you, get it signed. Because that's nothing. It's just telling them your broker, your agent, your realtor is licensed. It's required by law for you guys to have that idea. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's no question on residential. We're all good. Right? So um, this one is just information for those that have not done any so contracts. You know what I, what I, this is just information okay. about yeah, yeah, yeah. the client, yourself, what the market is that you're looking for for each house is. The term, I always put one year. How many of you guys put six months, three months on a term? What do you normally put? One year. One year. Always one year. On the term, right? The comment comments on the okay. The rest of them are just very simple. Um, intermediary, feeding, the rest, there's not much and the commission. Okay, three and three. Uh, make sure the guys uh, six percent, I'm sorry if you're listing it. Make sure and then for uh, 90 days protection. And then the addenda. Always make sure that you check mark because a lot of times people forget it about the addenda and all the documents that you have to get signed aside from this contract. You have the IABS, right? You also need to do protecting your home from mold. The information concerning property insurance. General notice to buyers and sellers. Protect your family from, le uh, from lead in your home information so if you can actually check all the boxes check it and get the document signed already right so we'll do it two ways so we're going to be talking right now about listing right so this is what you need to do for your list uh, 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 for this is the one for the buyer so for the listing it's of course it's a different way right because in the listing agreement, it really is just uh, your listing agreement and how you're gonna market the, the, the property, how much it costs and stuff, right? But let me let me, let me me uh, go back. Uh, I just wanna make sure that on the representation of the buyer and tenant that um, 
there's some documents here that are missing that is required by our agency to have. One thing that's not here is the broker notice to buyer and seller. Have you seen those that document? Okay, so that's a requirement, that's number one. It's not here, right? But you have to add it, that's why there's a, doc, there's a box here that says Mark and others, right? And there's another one. What else is the, if you're actually, if you're uh, representing the buyer, there's two that's new form. That's, I make sure that it's signed. COVID form. Have you suggested the COVID form addendum? No? Yeah. Okay, you gotta see, uh, we need to probably show them the COVID form addendum. That's important. Number two, the appraisal. Have you guys seen the appraisal form? Oh, oh. The appraisal form we went through was just the, uh, it's just telling you, explaining what the appraisal is about. No, 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 this one is that, uh, it, the, this one is the buyer can cancel the contract. Oh, yeah. If the appraisal is not in the, place. The right, okay. the right to That's terminate the right appraisal? Right. For a third, That's yeah, a third they, they can terminate the contract. Yeah. Yeah, I, so that's why it's so important for you guys to be well updated with all these forms, right? Because you can cancel the contract if the appraisal does not, if the appraisal does come back lower. I know lower. some sellers and some sellers agents don't like right, that. Right, right. How do you approach that? I just put it in and then they sign it. I know they don't like it, but they have to because they especially build FHA. Mm -hmm. And the third party financing anyway, it always tells them that they have to satisfy as part of it. Yeah. Because the re oh, sorry, I'm sorry. The reason why a lot of them are not doing it because right now it's a seller's market, right? So there's so many competition going on. And you know, I made an offer for a property two hundred forty five cash, right? And I had to increase it to two fifty five, ten thousand more. I got eaten by another five another five thousand. 265. That's when that happens, that's when they don't like seeing that. Because if they appraise it and there was, because they're overpricing it, right? Mm -hmm. But you gotta gauge yourself to knowing that the property's not gonna appraise that much. If your client is so adamant about, no, I need to want that house, I need to want that house. And you keep telling them, it's not enough price. Why are you offering that much? I don't care. Then make sure that you put that in writing that you advise the client. There's no form for that, but make sure, per my advice, this this is my market analysis on the profit, so to protect yourself. Because people buy things because of emotions. Yep, true. Right? They're not thinking. So make sure you put that in writing, even a text or a writing that they said, oh yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay, 15,000 more. They have the money, so they want to buy it, right? But you know, after the fact, when they realize, why did I pay over for $15,000 and the blah, 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 and then they blame you. So they, they're gonna find somebody to blame always. Okay, so make sure you have everything in writing. Because they will file a complaint to track and they can say, my agent didn't tell me that this, this, and that, and 
and now you have a food. Be careful, especially right now. Dog eat dog, people really offer more than what they ask for. Yeah. How do you feel about the hydrostatic testing for, um, on older Oh, I don't do it really on all because at the end of the day, if it's an FHA loan or any governmental loan, they actually do all their tests anyway. They do all their inspection. So if that's going to be, if they approve it, sometimes here's the here's the trick: less is more, right? Sometimes you gotta, um, especially on the inspection, because it will all come out. Right? By the way, because I just did one inspection and there's so many things that came out yesterday in one house that I made an offer to. Um, so, uh, we're just going to make sure that you inform the client, your buyer, about all these changes and about this issue, right? That they're aware of it, right? And then, if they decided to go further, then, or you may talk to your inspector to, hey, why do, how do you think we address this? And then be, remember I always say be proactive. Just ask, right? If the inspector says and then the government, they approve everything, so maybe they're going through it, so that means it's not really that a big of a, it's just the fear sometimes of knowing something, but you don't know what to do. And how do you advise the client, right? That's why it's so important for you to really be friends with your inspector that you can email them and ask them. Okay? So, so yeah. I have a question. So I have a listing. Mm -hmm. I got an offer yesterday. Wow. Okay. No, but they submitted the appraisal, um, the demo. Okay. So I told them, so they requested that they are going to terminate the contract if the appraisal comes forward. So I told them we're not going to sign this and they are now banking us. Okay. So what would you suggest? Because as a seller, so I feel I don't want that. Um, it's catch-22. <laughs> One, do you have a, when you put the list in, do you have multiple offers? We did. Multiple offers? Well, not right now. It's either you have multiple offers uh -huh. or you really don't. If you only have one offer, you have to reconsider. Right? That's, that, so it's a, really us as a consultant, we have to gauge where we are in the transaction. If we have the upper hand, sure, move, next one. But if you don't have the upper hand, you gotta reconsider that. Because you have to put yourself in their shoe as well. You don't wanna buy, if you're representing the other side, you don't wanna buy a property overpriced. Right, right? So did you price the house correctly? <laughs> when you say over, what's that? Like, is that 5% over than the market? Yes. That's okay. But you overpriced that property and you're really so scared that it's not going to be appraised on the property. 5,000 difference from the asking price is doable. Because you can make some arrangements. How much is the house? It's 295. Yeah. So if you do 5% of 295, this is what I always do, okay? And banking again. Banking 101, I'll give you guys. Market value and asking price are two different things. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Okay, 
So when I do my pricing, I look at the tax appraised value, right? And tax appraised value is always lower. Or sometimes it's freaking higher because people can actually fight for it all the time. So what do I use? The 20% rule. Have you heard of the 20% rule? No. Whatever is in the tax appraised value, multiply it by 20%. So you can gauge now if your asking price is under or lower. How much is it on the tax appraised value? Oh, yeah, if, if you look at hard, you can scroll down. Hard, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, on, it's on the bottom. Guys, so, um, you know how like Olivia did? I'm going to tell you guys right now. If you're going to ask Mr. Uh, Melvin or me a question, here's the thing. You guys really need to tell us from the beginning to end, order for us to, okay? Because there's like right now, Mimi just texted me and she literally just sent me a one sentence of question. And I told her straight up, you need to tell me beginning to end for us to help. Okay. And with uh, Olivia's situation, I'm helping her, but Olivia, you forgot to tell Mr. Nevin the most important uh, statement. Seller is not in a rush. We already had an offer came in above asking price. When we did an inspection report, uh, the, they had a termite. And uh, she really just did not want to deal with the termite. She didn't, did not even want to do it. That's why she backed down. And then we had an offer came in Okay, with that contingency of, uh, hey, uh, uh, if the price came out lower, and then if price came lower, I'm, we're gonna terminate. But seller said it straight up, like, I don't want it. We already got the offer higher than asking price, I can wait, I'm not in a hurry. You see what I mean? So next time, if you're gonna ask Mr. Nelvin, you gotta tell the whole story, because now, I'll give it to Mr. Nelvin, it's gonna tell you a totally different story now. Do you see what I mean? So whenever, if you're gonna ask him for help for me, like I say all the time, you gotta tell us from what's going on the whole story. Because there's so many components out there. Like if you just say like that what she said, like what Mr. Nelson said, that's what he said at first thing. How many offers there? Mm. You see what I mean? Because yeah. it depends, if there's multiple offers, he's gonna answer it differently. Yeah. But if he, if, but then Olivia's only one offer, there's a world that you gotta consider, because we don't know when the next offer is gonna come in. Because the main, uh, your, guys, your responsibility is to sell this property. You have to negotiate with the best you can. Because you're the consultant. Let's just put your example now, Stephen. Now I kind of know the story on your situation. So the appraisal came. This is the second amendment, the appraisal, right? Lower appraisal, but they're doing the, the termite. Termite really, it's not a lot. That can be fixed. It's, that's easy fix. So when it's, it's cosmetics and stuff like that, guys, don't stress yourself out. Because thermite can be fixed. So that so let's just check number one out. Let's just say you fix it. You put the, uh, you did the thermite. You're done. So now the second item is the appraisal, right? That's when it comes in. So if the seller is not hurry to sell the house, they may not seek us. So you advise them because sometimes. Buyers or sellers, they have nothing to do. They don't know anything about this document. Because you can present it or not present it. Right. Mm -hmm. 
because these are documents that are your choice, right? So if the agent came back and said, okay, we may have, it's a way to explain why this appraisal is needed. Because as an agent, you can always tell just to proceed, if you still really want to proceed with the sale, you can always tell a client, I can understand the buyer's concern as well because if it's you buying a house, you're not gonna buy a house overpriced. Is that correct? That's what you're gonna say, right? If you're really, so that will give a different perspective to your client. Then they may sign that and then you can still proceed. You know, again, it's the way your framework, your, 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 your usage of word to your client. Because they're gonna want that's gonna listen to you. You can still save this and salvage this if you really want. But you already advised them not to sign it, but okay, let's 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 go back. Right? I said, okay, really, how much was the uh, the how much is the uh, approved price? Okay. How much are they loan? Their loan? Yeah. So if their loan is actually, and then you, they offer two ninety five, right? Or they offer they more offer than that? Two ninety eight. See, it's more than that. It's more. Yeah, it's more. Right. Than, their loan is two fifty five. Oh, see. Thirty. I think you can you can salvage this. You can salvage it because that might is easy. Let them sign that. Uh, let them sign it because it. So how much was the tax appraised value? On the heart, the middle. Yeah. Everybody, I sent the documents that one that Mr. Nevin is talking about right now, so you guys can actually look at it yeah. right now on the message. So while you guys are talking, you can actually see okay. it. Uh, okay, so that's. Huh? No, no, no. How much about oh. that whole house value? Oh, the whole house Okay, so, so you guys, no question on residential, right? We're all good? Okay, next. <laughs> Remember, I said tell you guys, there's some addendum that's needed. Okay, when you're doing a, a residential tenant, a buyer, you need to get these things done as well. The information about insurance for property, you need to get that signed. This is just information for your client to let them know about the insurance, about issues, about flood insurance and stuff like that. Any insurance that's needed on the property, okay? Um, that's for buying? For buyer, yeah. Buyer or seller. Okay. So whoever you're representing, you just get them signed. Okay. Now, I wanna really wanna go, okay. This is the broker I was telling you, broker notice to buyer. This is a requirement because once we guys get signed up for back agent, we're all gonna be needing this document to upload. But I didn't wanna go to this contract. One to four, because this is the most important thing one to four residential contract, okay? Who has done contract again? Who has written a contract? Okay, so there's only few of you guys, right? So you have not really, but you've seen this contract because you passed the test, yes. you've seen this, right? It's part of the contract. Let's go page by page because this is very important. I always tell my uh, 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 old student, can you please let me know when it's 12? Yes. Because uh, I have a 12.30. Yes. Are we going over the uh, updated uh, one to four? Yes. Okay. 
Yes. Page by page, okay? First page, parties. The parties this contract are buyer, seller. No question there? No question. No, no question. question. No question. Property, A, B, C, D, E. This is just the address. This is just the, uh, the description, legal description. No question. All good. You know how to get the, uh, all the information, right? You know where to go. I don't know. It's oh, <laughs> okay. So it's either you go to HR. Do you have HR account? Uh, right now, yeah. Okay, so you set up for HAR already, right? I'm using Steve right now. Okay, so for HAR, what you do is you actually just type in the address. If you want to do it, get it. You can also get it from um, uh, appraisal district. Okay. HCAD. So make sure you go HCAD, FCAD, Fort Bend, Fort Bend, Pearland, I mean, because there's different CAD. Okay, depending on your county. Okay. So that's where you get the legal description and the address, right? Third, sales price. Cash portion, this is the tricky part. If I'm the one looking at your contract, I'm the one, I'm listing it, and you submit me a contract, and you put their 5% down payment, and then I have another contract that shows 10% down payment, and I have another contract that shows 30% down payment and the other one cash. Where do you think where I go? Cash. 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 Yeah. Not always the case. Okay? But make sure whatever you put in on a down payment is the capability of the guy to put down payment. Because cash, as you always say, cash is king. Right? Cash is king. But you know at the end of the day, The closing, does it matter if it's check or cash? Because the client is gonna get checked anyway. Do you see the difference? Yeah. When people say cash, oh yeah, I'm gonna get to, oh, cash, okay. But at the end of the day, sometimes cash, they always have all these negotiations of, oh, 5,000 less, 10,000 less of the offer. Is that right? Mm -hmm. But if you have a loan, that you're actually secure, that you verified for some time, is a lot better. Because you're getting your asking price, and at the end of the day, you're gonna get the same amount of money. Am I correct? So don't get so bombarded with people, oh, someone got off for cash. I'm so woohoo, cash. It doesn't really matter. Because green is green, and at the end of the day, they're not gonna get cash anyway, and the post is gonna get chair. <laughs> so, Okay? Samu financing. You, you'll know the math. Who's the mathematician here? Tyler is one. So, sales price, some A and B. So, you have to add those two to get the total asking price. Right? License holder disclosures. You have to make sure on the sub financing described in the attached, either third party, loan assumption, and seller financing. Okay? Make sure you check one of those. License holder disclosure. This is just telling you if you are part of the or own a portion or your relative or you're on the transaction. You gotta let the license holder know of the other agents as well. If you're if you're ready. Go ahead. Now the uh, I'm looking at the 
Well, both parties have signed and it's been turned into the title company? Uh, partly correct. Partly correct. Partly correct. The effective date is the last broker or agent that signed the contract. Remember, if you look at the contract, there's a part here that says what the effective date is. Because that's what's always a confusing part, right? Uh, for for uh, any agent or anybody, because what's the effective date of this? They said, oh, they all signed the contract. I said, no. There's part there that you, as an agent, whoever received the last contract that made the changes, that signed the contract and put the effective date there. So it's not that the client signed it, it's the agent or the last broker. So that's why it's very important that you put in on the contract. Okay? So which part is that? I want you to look at page... This part. Page 8 of 10. Are you, are you guys aware of that? Because sometimes I've seen so many contracts and that's blank. Right? Because sometimes we don't put, we, we, didn't, we don't understand. That's the most important part. If you receive the contract, the final contract, you need to fill that out because that will be the effective thing. Okay? Because again, legal guys. Okay? So, earnest money. How much earnest money do you need to put in in a contract? That's a what's acceptable. Oh, which title company do you use? Select title. Yeah, you got a bonus for that. <laughs> you got a bonus for that. Okay, and then title and policy. Uh, how much is is considered for uh, receiving the title policy? <laughs> fifteen days. Got you, bro. <laughs> hey, fifteen days for the title policy. Okay, number two. Uh, number uh, page three. Oh, first page two. Okay, page two. Number one, on the, it will be amended to read shortages area at the expense of buyer or seller? Seller, preferably. Depending on which side we're on. Depending on which side you're on. 
You're representing your client, right? So you want to make sure that your client does not pay a lot. Yep. So if you're representing the buyer, then seller pays for it. If you're representing the seller, then buyer pays for it. <laughs> Simple as that. Comment, a commitment. Within 20 days after that company receives a copy, see survey within how many days? Seller shall furnish the buyer affidavit promulgated for Texas Department for Interest D47. Two days. Three days. It's fine. Sometimes I put seven days. Yeah, I was going to say seven days. I put seven days. So, but make sure, okay, two things. When you're listing, one of the documents that you have to make sure that you have and upload it in the system is the D47 and survey. Do not forget that. When you're listing, that's why sometimes you can tell if the agent or the listing agent on a property is very good if they have that D47 survey and the notice for property in water is already uploaded in the system. I've had it with a T47 wasn't delivered until No, they have to do that because uh, that's why I said, that's why I had to ask that prior to the beginning because that's part of the contract that you can contest. If they don't deliver that, you can cancel the contract. Because they didn't, they didn't honor in the contract. Okay? So, if they don't have a survey, who needs to pay if we order one? The seller. Depending well, on what size you're on. It's negotiable. Huh? Negotiable. It's negotiable. You Every deal, no matter who you represent, buyer or seller, they should have an existing contract, existing survey. Because that is on the rule there. Seller, seller fails to furnish the existing survey or affidavit within the time prescribed, buyer shall, abstain, uh, buyer shall obtain a new survey at seller's expense. It doesn't matter really by law in anything that even if the seller or buyer wants to buy the survey, they put it in the contract. Yes, I just did one uh, the other day. They put it in, uh, uh, seller has no survey, right? So I said, okay, we have to order one. Uh, and he said, we're not paying for it. No, you are. You're paying for it because you don't have any. The only reason when the buyer pays the survey, if you really want to protect your client, if you're representing the buyer, right, is that they have to have an existing survey. Because it's so impossible that when they had this property that they didn't have survey, because no lender will approve a loan without a survey. You know, I have property 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's actually there, it's just part of their documents, they're just not looking. Then, if that survey is not accepted by the title company, that's when the time that the buyer will pay for it. Do you, do you see the difference? Wait, yeah. can you say that Always. again? Always. Can you say that again? Every transaction, mm -hmm. the seller has to have a survey no matter what. Yeah. If they don't have it, they have to provide it. If they do have it and the title company did not accept the survey, 
then we have to order, that's when the buyer pays for it. That's just the law. But what, what would constitute them not accepting the survey? Yeah. Title company will determine that. Oh. We can't determine that it's a title company because if it's not acceptable, because some surveys are really old, you know, some of them they don't even have stamp. Oh, okay. You know, because it has to be have stamp by the survey. Okay, so you buy for it because survey is still three hundred fifty bucks or seven hundred bucks. It's still expensive. Yeah. You're especially if you're representing the buyer. That's a that's a chunk because they already paid for your inspection. That's a chunk as well. So try as much as I can to make sure that you really protect your client, your buyer. Okay, so that's for the survey. Um, the uh, objection. Activity, what do you put there on the activity? Investment. Hmm? Investment. Residential. Residential use. This is not residential use. It doesn't matter if it's for investment. It's supposed to be a residential use because investment does not, uh, investment is just the, the type of, you know, but you're still gonna be leasing it out to people to be used as residential, right? It mm. has to be residential use. Okay, and then buyer must object earlier on the closing date of how many days after buyer receives the commitment? What do you put in there? For the commitment, once you receive the commitment and there's any objection, how many days do you need to put in there? Five. Five days, five or seven days, okay? Membership in property owners association property is, is not. You should know that if they're part of the HOA, right? If you're listing or uh, buying the property because that also makes a huge difference because the title company would now have to order all the information about the HOA. And that's another addendum that we're gonna talk to you guys about. And since we're on that topic, I wanna make sure that you uh, we address that. Addendum for the HOA, right? It says here, there's only one page. I always check buyer does not require delivery of subdivision information. That's why I always check, right? But at the bottom part, this addendum is, will depend if you're representing the buyer or the seller. Like for example, if you're representing the seller, the seller, you're the listing agent. So on this part here, it says ex the fees, except as provided by paragraphs A, D, and E, Buyer shall pay any and all association fees or other charges associated and transfer of the property not to exceed, not to exceed, blank and seller shall pay the excess. So if I'm representing the buyer, I will put as low as possible on the third party financing. You get it? Why do you think it's low? So if the if if the transfer fee is three hundred fifty or two fifty, I'll put hundred dollars there. Why do you think that? So the seller will pay the other half. So the seller can pay more yeah. than what your client is. But if I'm representing the the, the seller, why do they want to do? I'm going to put there zero huh total transfer fee the total transfer fee the highest possible i can pay so seller does not have to pay anything mm. you see that you have to really think 
through and have that switch of mindset. Because you're representing your client, right? So you want to do as much as you can to protect your client. So that's with the HOA. So there's no question on HOA. You already know what it is, right? I got a, que I got a question, Ms. Nolan. Sure. Um, what about for maintenance fees? Where, where would we put that at on here? Uh, we're not there yet. Okay. Okay, let's, uh, let's go through the process, okay? Yes, sir. Okay, so um, uh, uh, page three, this really is just informational materials. There's nothing there to sign, just initial, okay? Uh, page four, property condition. Buyer has received a notice. That's the main thing, another thing that you have to make sure. When you're listing, you need to make sure that you have the seller's disclosure on your listing, right? You gotta make sure that you get that. Or if you're buying, you need to make sure that you receive the seller's disclosure and have reviewed it with your client. Right, so check the box. Buyer has received the notice, yes. If not, buyer has not received the notice about within two days. Because it's very important for you to get that right away, the seller's disclosure. There's some agents that are so lacking or not even really putting anything there, right? And so you have to make sure because the seller or the buyer, both of them need to sign and agree to that. Because that's when you're gonna see all the problems, what you're missing, okay? Now, the number uh, seven property condition, buyer accept the property as is, right? And it's also, it says here, buyer accept the property as provided, seller at seller's expense shall complete the, the following specific repairs and treatments, which is what you're asking. Normally, really, we don't, have anything to put in there because you're still gonna be ordering the inspection report. So there's really nothing you can put in. So the most acceptable is you accept the buyer, the buyer of the property as is. That's what's the most acceptable. And then when you do the inspection report, that's when you do. That's why sometimes what I do on the number two is that uh, per inspection report. That's what I normally do. Okay, okay, page five. Residential service contracts, what is that? Home warranty. Home warranty. How much do you think you should put in a home warranty? I said 550. The highest possible. <laughs> I put 650 all the time. Okay. The highest possible, because that's the highest one. Actually 550 is the highest one, but I put 650. I told you I'm a, I, I will ask whatever I can ask, right? So, but it's good for your client, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes there's some some, some old warranty that all you have to do is add 50 bucks and it's covered in by freaking hell. It was good, right? So you have 650. So put that 650 there. Closing. Closing on sale on before. How many days? What's the ac acceptance? Um, I would advise you all to put 45 days all the time. All the time. Because you can close early anyway. It doesn't really matter. But make sure you do 45 days. Because at the bank, normally finish at 30, at least you have 15 days leeway. Okay? 45 days. Possession. A fund, closing, and funding. One good example. I'm gonna use an example with Steve. 
We had a closing. Is that okay for me to share? Yeah. We had a closing. Closing in the company with uh, Mr. Jeremy. I miss Jeremy. Miss Jeremy. He's uh, still, still, still okay. okay. He's doing well. Yeah, quarantine right now. We had a closing. This is a, a, a really a crazy closing. Yeah. So Jeremy had a client. They done it because he's going to work. Somebody sell my owner. So the client, I don't know what happened in the transaction. Um, so there's no contract between the owner, the seller. So Jeremy brought a client. So they signed a contract, right? So there's no representation agreement on the seller side because it's seller by owner. So Jeremy has a contract with the client on the other side, which is okay. Fine, they ended up in closing. At the closing table. There were uh, there were some arguments and stuff, and uh, uh, Steven had to step in. Still going crazy, they're fighting and stuff like that. So I had to step in. So I sat down with the client, and you know, I guess again, remember I told you guys sometimes when you walk into a meeting, you gotta understand already and read the people when you walk in. That's a gift. You've got to learn how to read people before you start talking and start yapping. Right? So I sat there, and of course I said, yes, ma'am. I'm the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the supervisor. I'd like to see what we can do. How can we resolve the issue? there. And I said, well, we didn't assign this. I didn't know we're paying Jeremy for, for his commission. They don't want to pay Jeremy for his commission at all. They don't want to pay anything. Okay? So I said, uh, did you sign the contract? No, we don't have a contract. So did you guys receive this documentation prior to you coming here? Yes. Did you guys review it? Yes. So what's the problem? Because it's already on the contract. It says there on the hot statement, everything, all the blah, 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 blah. blah. If you had a problem, then you should have actually emailed and questioned a prior you coming here and signing the contract because the seller or the buyer already signed their part. It's just the, the seller, right? So of course, they keep arguing, oh, we're not gonna pay this and that. I said to them, ma'am, Jeremy worked so hard to make this happen for you guys. Representation means two sides. One for the seller side, one for the buyer side. It's the same thing when you bought your house to somebody else. As a seller, you're responsible for paying both sides, and normally it's 6%. But because you didn't have a representation on your side, so now you're only paying the buyer side, which is 3%. Let's, not, let's stop arguing about who does or who did what, what is your comfort level for you to pay Jeremy's work? Because that kid really worked so hard that you don't want to take that out from him because he brought you a client. How much was your original client and how much were you expecting to sell this house? He said, uh, he said 172 or 173. How much did Jeremy sold the house? 178. You earned 6,000 more than what you were expecting. Right? So I have to explain that to them. And I said, I'm gonna leave you 
I want you to talk about this amongst your family. What is your comfort level? Because if you don't pay Jeremy this, then we're going to have to resolve to lawsuits. You're not going to be able to sell this house because you already signed a contract. The contract says they're 3%, right? That was, you accepted, you signed it. So I left, came back. They said they only want to pay one him to pay 1%. Fine. At least all or nothing, right? So got you got 1%. So, but the good thing about Jeremy, he was really uh, good about the other client. So the client, because we were able to convince our client, the seller, to pay for a, uh, you know, there's a uh, uh, portion on 12 about the settlement, mm -hmm. right? That they asked for 3500 or 4500 or $3,500 to help the, the, the buyer. So the buyer is so nice to Jerry. They will to give that to him. That's why it's about relationship, right? So they gave it to him. So anyway, we settled that. We're all good. Friday, that was in the afternoon. Monday, holiday. So the title company, of course, were closed already because we could not submit it to the lender to review the documents, right? So remember we said, upon acquisition, upon closing and funding, remember that always. So which means the owner of the property still owns the property, right? They still have responsibility to the property. It doesn't matter if they give up the keys, they still own it because it's still not received the funding. What happened on Monday? President's Day. What happened on Tuesday? Winter storm. Storm happened. Until apocalypse. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Thursday, the buyer went to the property. And guess what he found out? Pipe person. Busted pipes. <laughs> it was a mess. Mm. I have to argue with, I have to get involved again. I have to involve and call the, uh, the, the buyer, because the, the, the seller is screaming at me, because they said, why didn't you guys get that funded? Because we had the money already. But of course, we can't fund it because the bank already gave us instruction not to fund it. Because until they fix the house. Right. Because it's not livable. Right. Right? So I had a long conversation with the agent. I had to hang up with them, with the, the seller, because they don't get it. I said, ma'am, you still own the property. You have that get you have that paid yet, right? Said yes. So do you have insurance? Yes. Why don't you call insurance? Title company is not here to argue about the property ownership. We're not here to fight for the structure because that's not our the title company's job. Right? So that's why I had instructed Stephen, let Jeremy call the client to make sure that they found out about it. So I think we're all good now, right? So the client agreed, they fixed and fixed the property, and actually they're gonna make more money because now they can fix it themselves because they're gonna claim from insurance. Everything happens for a reason, but the, mo the main, main lesson, make sure if you're the listing or the buying side, especially if you're the listing, 
until the clients receive the funds, they still own that property. Do not think that because you close to the title company already that it's a done deal. No. It's not. It ain't over till it's over. That was a great lesson to learn. Right? And those are personal experiences that it will happen to us, to all of us. Okay? Okay, the special provision. Do you put anything on the special provision? Because if you're gonna have an amendment and then them, you're gonna have a separate amendment for everything, okay? Settlement and other expenses is the one that you ask. A lot of agents, if they're not reading it, sometimes they miss that, right? So sometimes I will sneak in 2,500 bucks and then they agree to approve it. I'll say, oh, yes. <laughs> it's not, I'm telling you, if you're a thorough agent, they will let you, because it's at the bottom. And the client will, and then they will just be surprised and close it. Why am I giving 2500 bucks? Put it in the front of you, help the client. <laughs> That's what Accurate Jeremy did. He put in 3500 bucks there. Which is smart. Tell you guys. See, I told you guys. See, you did something, Stephen. <laughs> okay, uh, page six. Uh, pretty much the same thing. All of them are just uh, informational. Page seven is also say the same thing about representation. Make sure you guys that on the notices, please make sure if you can put the either your buyer or seller's information, get the phone number, or even if you don't have it, just put the agents, whoever the other agents is, so at least for notices and stuff, so they're notified. Because when the title company uh, goes for it and send information, they will look at this. Okay, just put the information there. Okay, the agreement for the parties. Third party financing is number one. This is the key element here. This is very, very important because I just had this issue last week and I had to fight. Oh my God, you guys need to see the email that I had to send to this other agent driving me crazy. But they released it. Okay. Told you I have a lot of examples, but that's why we because you're working. Okay. Third party financing. So you put the first amount, right? Is the uh, what you borrow, right? What you're borrowing. Yeah, the FHA, 30 years, whatever, uh, many years, they put the, I always put 2% of the loan as a closing. Always put 2% of the loan, right? Because you're only paying the, uh, the policy and then you pay 1% on the loan side, right? So 2%. Now, depending on the loan, you, you pick if it's Texas, FHA, whatever, VA, USDA, reverse. Approval for financing, how many days? That's the standard for one day. You can put 30 days. Put 30 days. Okay? Okay. Put 30 days there. And then the rest is just uh, 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 this contract is not subject by buyer's obtaining by approval. You know, it always is because if you have third party, that means it's for approval. This is the example we're going to tell you about this. I had a client, I submitted, it's almost 600000 so because I already pre-approved the client, you know, things happen that unexpectedly. That no matter how much you try to organize things, something's gonna happen, right? But it's just how you address it and how you how you get through it is the is the learning lesson. So because I already got the client pre-approved, they have a lot of money, and so okay. So the client on the other side, the seller said, Melvin, you put 30 days there, then you put 14 days. 
I said, I talked to my vendor, right, for the third party, because we already done all the financing. Now we just did a property to get the appraisal. So I said, okay, fine, 40 days is not gonna really matter, right? So we put 40 days there. So seven, so we, we 